Yeah, if you turn in the word to Matthew 9. If you want to give this a title, you can call it Walking by Faith and Not by Sight. Walking by Faith and Not by Sight. So we're in Matthew 9, 27. And when Jesus, uh, and when he was coming to the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Hallelujah. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Now, these two blind men have come to Jesus for healing. And Jesus asked them about what do you believe? Jesus is asking them about what do you believe? Does it matter what we believe? Obviously it does, because if it didn't matter, why would Jesus have asked them about what they believed? So Jesus emphasized in his ministry, he emphasized faith and believing. Now, many modern churches do not emphasize what Jesus emphasized. Uh, most evangelical churches emphasize faith and believing where the new birth is concerned. Uh, when it comes to being saved and missing hell, they're, they're big on emphasizing faith and believing. But they don't emphasize faith and believing when it comes to living everyday life here on earth, right here and now. So when it comes to receiving what we need and desire here on the earth, most churches tend to emphasize the will of God. That's what most churches tend to emphasize. If it be God's will. Now, it's true that that's the first thing you need to know and you need to have settled in your heart before you pray. It is important to know the will of God. It is important to know the will of God. But Jesus did not emphasize the will of God and you would think that after thousands of years of preaching with no shortage of Bibles, no shortage of pre preachers, certainly not in the Western world, that there should be no more question among Christians about the will of God. That, that should be settled. But the devil, through religion and deception and wrong teaching, has been very successful at confusing many Christians about the will of God. The modern church emphasizes the will of God. Jesus emphasized faith and believing. So when these blind men came to Jesus and said, have mercy on us, Jesus could have said, well, we don't know if it's the will of God or not. He could have said, I'll have 
to go pray and find out the will of God if it's his will to heal you. Did he say that? No. No, he did not even mention the will of God. So he did refer to his power and ability, but he asked them about what they believed. In verse 29, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. He didn't say, according to my power, be it unto you. He didn't say, according to my faith, be it unto you. He didn't say, according to your need, be it unto you. Need does not connect you to God's ability. Faith connects you to God's ability. So he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. In other words, it's going to happen according to your faith. According to what you believe. The message translation says, he touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. Become what you believe and it happened. Now, religious Christian tradition is a powerful and tenacious thing. And it's amazing how many Christians want to cling to it and refuse to let it go when the word clearly teaches something different. And you can think that you're free from all of its tentacles and, and, and you're free from all these vestiges of, of tradition that can, uh, you know, uh, try to cling to you. But even decades later, you might realize there are little vestiges and remnants of these traditions that are still hanging around later on. This belief that God is in control of everything. Starving children, sick children, storms that kill hundreds of people, floods and earthquakes, terrorist attacks. Are you telling me that's all part of God's plan? Is God really in control of all that? Of course not. Of course not. This belief that all of this is part of the mysterious plan of God and we just don't understand it, it's crippling the whole church and it's making the word of God of no effect. It sounds good and it sounds respectful, but it's not true. So what is the reason for all this suffering? It's sin and wicked people under the influence of the devil. This, this world is not dying because of plastic and climate change. It's dying because of sin and the effects of sin. It just keeps accumulating on the earth and the earth is just reeling under it. So God has already done something about it through the death and resurrection of Jesus. The problem is everybody hasn't accepted Jesus. There's still a lot of people on the earth down here who haven't accepted Jesus and they're still under the influence of the devil. That's, that's the problem. 
So God has not set it up that he is in control of everything. If God was genuinely in control of everything, this earth would be a very different place than what we see right now. There are three places where you can see the will of God unhindered, the perfect will of God. In the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve sinned, in the ministry of Jesus, and in heaven. That's the only three places you can see the perfect will of God carried out with no hindrances and no limitations. In the Gospels, I counted at least eight times, I think there are probably more, but I counted at least eight times where Jesus said, in some form or fashion, according to your faith, as you have believed, your faith has made you whole. Now, not one time did Jesus say, according to the power of God, be it unto you. Not one time did he say, according to the will of God, be it done unto you. That's what the church, most churches, have changed it to. But we're going to change it back to what Jesus said. Amen? According to, what does that mean? Whether it happens or not. That's what according to means, whether it happens or not. Now, verse 29 in the New Living Translation says, Because of your faith, it will happen. Because of your faith, it will happen. He didn't say because of my power or because of my ability. Uh, religious people that cling to this doctrine that God is in control and it's all up to him, they get upset when they hear that their faith has something to do with receiving from God. They, they want to put all the responsibility over onto God. Well, we just don't know if it's his will and, and someday maybe in his timing and all this. Why do they do that? Because the devil is afraid of them finding out the truth. And he has deceived them and blinded them to the truth. And the devil can keep a foothold in their life uh, through confusion and the doctrines of men convincing them that God is their problem and it's all up to God what people receive and don't receive. And if the majority of Christians realized it's according to their faith, they would get a whole lot more interested in the subject of faith. But in their confusion and deception, they mock us and they ridicule us. You know, that this big uh, this doctrine that's, that's quite popular that uh, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. That's just another way of saying God's in control and it's all up to him and we just don't understand. It's just part of the mysterious plan of God. In God's sovereignty, he has chosen to give man a free will and we receive what he has provided according to our faith. Yes, God is sovereign. 
And he has sovereignly chosen to give man a free will to choose. Write this down. Faith must possess what grace has provided. Faith must possess what grace has provided. Let's say this together. I'm a believer. And I'm getting good at receiving. Amen. Now let's turn over to Mark 9. Mark 9. This man brought his son to Jesus. The son was having seizures. And uh, actually he brought uh, the son to the disciples uh, to be delivered from these seizures. And the disciples were not successful. And as a result, the father became discouraged. And Jesus came down from the mountain. And he saw this group congregated there together. And he inquired about what was going on. And the father explains what's wrong with the boy and how long he's been that way. And the disciples couldn't do anything for him. So Jesus comes along here, uh, the man explains to him in verse 22, and oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Are all things possible for everybody? No. no? All things are not possible for everybody. All things are possible to him that believeth. Verse 23 in the contemporary English version says, Jesus replied, Why do you say if I can? Why do you say if I can do anything? All things are possible. Uh, anything is impossible for someone who has faith. Anything is possible for someone who has faith. The uh, easy to read version says, Jesus said to the Father, Why do you say if I can? All things are possible for the one who believes. So Jesus said, it's not if I can, it's if you can believe. That's, that Jesus turned the table back on him because the man put all the responsibility on Jesus as he said, if you can do anything, help us. And Jesus says, it's not a question if I can, it's a question, can you believe? So, this is a whole lot different from what most churches believe and teach, isn't it? So, let's give the man some credit. He came to Jesus. He didn't sit at home waiting on God. He came to Jesus, but, but he was putting all the responsibility over on Jesus. When he said, if you can do anything, help us, did Jesus say, okay, if it be God's will, I will? No, didn't mention anything about the will of God. But that's what most of the church world believes and teaches. Most of the church world does not believe 
this. They don't believe what Jesus emphasized. Let's say this together. It is his will. One more time. It is his will. Amen. It's good that this man was desperate. That, that's often a key. You know, when you hear a lot of testimonies, and especially really dramatic and miraculous testimonies, those people weren't just sitting at home watching TV and got healed. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they usually uh, uh, put a lot of uh, effort, uh, physical and otherwise, uh, in, into getting there. Um, I was thinking about, uh, I heard, uh, it's just come to me, uh, Andrew Womack was saying he, he went to visit a lady who was really bad. I mean, she, she did, hadn't been given long to live and she had these tubes down her stomach and all this stuff. And he talked to her for a while and he never did pray for her at home. He told her, he said, you need to be in the meeting tonight. He was having a meeting somewhere around there. He said, you need, you need to be there. And uh, she said, well, you know, I got all these tubes and all this, you know, I'm bed fast here. And he said, well, if you have to get an ambulance to bring you, do it. She did. She got an ambulance to take her to that meeting. And at the meeting, he prayed for her. At the meeting, he prayed for her because she had gotten up and done something in faith. She had released her faith. I mean, she went to great lengths to get to that meeting, and she was healed. She was healed. But he, he went on to say that um, she went to the doctor uh, she had three tumors somewhere on her body. She went to the doctor, and uh, he said, oh, those doctors, they must have made a mistake. <laughs> you know, you didn't really have cancer. They just made a mistake. She said, no, I was healed. Well, unfortunately, she started listening to some of her family, and she started listening to some other Christians. And um, they told her, you need to do everything the doctors have told you to do. And the doctors told her that she ought to have treatment anyway. She should have chemotherapy or radiotherapy, whatever it was. And she, she did. And she wound up in ICU. And uh, she... She recovered from that. She was able to get out. And for some reason, she continued to have this treatment. And uh, I think, I'm not sure if Andrew spoke to her again, but somebody spoke to her again and, and, and questioned her, you know. She, she said, I know I was healed. And they said, well, I mean, if you don't know, there's nothing wrong with having treatment. I'm not saying that at all. There's nothing wrong. But, you know, it, 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 according to your faith, you know, um, if you don't have faith for that, then have the treatment. So I'm, I'm not criticizing that. But she really believed in her heart that God healed her. And he had, the, the tumors were shrinking. I mean, they were shrinking just down to nothing, you know. 
Uh, and someone asked her, she said, she said, well, I didn't want to upset my family. And I didn't want to upset the people in my church. So I just had it. That lady died. That lady died. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, she, she moved out in desperation and God touched her. Amen? But I'm telling you, you got to watch. You got to watch who you're around and, and who you listen to. I mean, she just wasn't strong enough to, um, you know, to say, to, to stand up to the people in her church and, and her relatives, and she died. But this man was desperate, and that was good. Verse, 30, verse 23, the Living Bible says, If I can, Jesus asked, anything is possible if you have faith. Anything is possible if you have faith. Now, um, we know the Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish. So why are people perishing if it's not the will of God? Because we don't receive according to the will of God. We don't receive according to our need. We don't receive according to what God can do. We don't receive according to what's right and fair. What did Jesus say? According to our faith. And if it's true for the new birth, then it's true with everything else. Faith takes hold of and receives what Jesus paid for us to have. Did Jesus say all things are possible if it be God's will? No. Now we've all struggled in this area. That's why we're talking about it. Because most of us grew up with this ingrained in us for decades. If you grew up going to church in some form or fashion, this was ingrained into you for decades. And that's why we have to get rid of it and work to keep it out. Now let's turn over to John chapter 20. John chapter 20 verse uh, 24. Jesus has just been raised from the dead and he appeared to Mary Magdalene and then he appeared to his disciples. And in verse 24 but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Everybody say, see it, see it. feel it. it. Thomas said, unless I see the holes in his hands, unless I put my fingers into those uh, nail prints, unless I put my hand in that wound on his side, I will not believe. 
The Amplified Classic Bible says, I will never believe it. The Complete Jewish Bible says, I refuse to believe it. Now Jesus had already told them in advance. He had been trying to prepare them over a period of time for what was going to happen. He had already told them in advance he was going to be killed and three days later he would be raised from the dead. And here Thomas has refused to believe eyewitness accounts that Jesus is alive. He says, I'm going to have to see him with my own eyes. I'm going to have to touch his hands with my own hands. I'm going to have to put my hand on that wound before I believe that he is alive. Now this is refusing to be persuaded. This is refusing to be persuaded. Believing is a choice. And the complete Jewish Bible here brings that out when, it said, when he said, I refuse to believe. That's a choice. Everybody believes something. You either believe something is or you believe it's not. But there's no such thing as believing nothing. Thomas is saying, you've got to prove it to me with my physical senses according to what I can see and what I can feel or I'm not going to believe it. And then in verse 26, uh, it says, After eight days again, his disciples were within, and this time Thomas was there. Uh, then came uh, Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace unto you. So Jesus appears to them again when uh, Thomas is present. And Jesus corrects Thomas. And in verse 27, then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Be not faithless, but believing. Seeing Jesus in person, seeing the holes in his hands, wasn't enough to make him believe. It still wasn't enough. He also had to feel it. Do you get this seeing, feeling religion, you know, based on this natural world, what we can see and what we can feel? He didn't say he couldn't believe. He, he said he would not believe. So seeing and feeling was his criteria uh, for reality. He says, if I can't see it and I can't feel it, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist, and it's not true. But just because you can't see something doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Faith doesn't have to see, and faith doesn't have to feel in order to believe. Uh, you know, you've all read bits of Revelation where it talks about the book of life. And when you're born again, your name is recorded in that book. How many of you believe your names are recorded in that book? How many of you have ever seen that book? No. What's your basis for believing it? You've never seen it. How do you know that book exists? Because you believe the word. 
You believe the word. You don't have to see that book. The word of God is all the evidence that you need to believe that your name is written in that book. You're walking by faith and not by sight. That's why you believe it. You're walking by faith and not by sight. So in verse 28, Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. So when he saw and he felt, he was finally convinced. He was finally convinced. He wouldn't believe uh, eyewitness accounts. He had to see Jesus. He had to put his hands there. He had to see and feel before he was convinced that Jesus was really alive. In verse 29, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So what was Thomas's problem? He would not believe eyewitness accounts that Jesus had been raised from the dead. His basis for believing was what he can see and feel in this material world. And we shouldn't get so attached to this physical world and make this physical realm the basis of everything we believe. Uh, what about people that say, well, I'm not going to say I'm healed until I feel it. What about people who say, well, I'm not going to say my bills are paid until I got the money. They're, aren't they doing the same thing Thomas did? They're doing the same thing. You know, they say, well, I'm just being real. <laughs> you know, um, that's the same thing Thomas did. And Jesus said, don't be faithless. Don't be faithless. Now let's turn over to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things, what does it say? Not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith deals with things that are not seen and not felt. Verse 2, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So everything you can see came from something that you cannot see. Hallelujah. When it, uh, you know, when it comes to creation, it's amazing the length that some people will go to to deny God. Speculations and unstantuated beliefs about what might have happened. But they're definitely sure God had nothing to do with it. No, it didn't come from nothing. It th came from things you cannot see and things are not nothing. God spoke, he commanded, the energy released, the faith energy released in his words. 
brought the heavens and this whole world into existence. And it all came from something you cannot see. And Romans 12, 3 says, we have been given the same measure of faith as God. Who did that? We have a, a, a small measure. We have a measure of the same faith God used when he released his words and divine energy that created the entire universe. Everything you can see came from something you cannot see. It didn't come from nothing. So this is the energy of faith-filled words, and this is order, not chaos. This wasn't chaos. This was order. Now let's uh, look at 2 Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians four sixteen. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now I'm standing here looking at your physical body, but I cannot see your inward man. But your inward man is the part of you that's eternal and it's going to live forever and one day you're going to get a new body and it's going to look you're going to look like you look now I'll know you and you'll know me you're, but you're going to get a new body that's going to be free from all the effects of the curse here no more wrinkles no more counting calories nothing like that amen Hallelujah. Verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are what? Not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, think about the blades on a fan. When that fan is sitting there not moving, you can see those blades. Usually they have three blades on them. What happens when you turn that fan on and you turn it on high speed? You can't see the blades anymore, can you? Does that mean they don't exist? Does that mean they're not there? Nope. It just means you can't see them. And if you speed something up fast enough, where did it go? It's still there. And for those that walk by sight and only believe what they can see, they better not stick their finger in that fan if they think those blades have disappeared because they're going to find out they're still there just because you can't see them doesn't mean it's not there and this is why we don't see things in the unseen spiritual realm with our physical eyes because they're moving that realm is moving so much faster than we are we're living in the physical realm where everything is slow 
and we are slow. And that's why in that unseen realm, angels are there. Angels are here. You know, God's in the unseen realm. That's why we can't see them. They're moving at such a faster speed than we are here in this natural realm. We can't see them. But when you're in that realm, you can see them because you're moving at the same speed they are. Now, 1 John 1.5 says, God is light. And you cannot see God. Uh, the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. I think that's seven and a half times around the earth in one second. That's the speed of light. And when we operate in faith, now we're able to operate in the same realm where God is. We're no longer limited by what we can see and feel. There, there, we're, we're, we're only limited by what we can believe. Now, uh, let's, um, did we look at Hebrews 3? No, let's go back to Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3 says, uh, Hebrews 11.3, through faith, yeah, we read that, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It just says it was made out of something you can't see. Just because you can't see the money, it doesn't mean you don't have it. Just because you can't feel healing doesn't mean you don't have it. That's why you got to believe you receive it. If you can see it, you don't have to believe you receive it. You already got it. But the fact that you can't see the money, you got to believe you receive it, and you got to believe you got it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And we can't walk by faith and walk by sight at the same time. Either we're walking by faith or we're walking by sight. You can't just kind of go down the middle. You know, when you go to the doctor, of course you want a good report. But you need to believe you're healed before you get that report. You don't want to be, if you, if you wait till you get the report to believe you're healed, you're walking by sight, really. You're, you're, you're depending on that report and saying, well, when I see the report, I'll believe it. We need to believe we're healed before we get the report. Obviously, we want a good report, like Greg's mother got a good report, but we believe she was healed before we got the report. Amen? Hallelujah. So we don't want to be like Thomas and say, well, when I see it and I hear it, I'll believe it. Uh, By his stripes ye were healed. I've got it. I've got it now. But God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I've got it. And I've got it now. What things soever you desire when you pray, Believe if it's God's will, you will have it. Is that what Jesus said? No? 
What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. I've got it. I've got it. Hallelujah. He didn't say if it's God's will. He didn't say believe if you feel it, you'll have it. He didn't say believe if you see it, you'll have it. He said believe you receive it, and you'll have it. If you can see it, you don't need to believe for it. If you can feel it, you don't need to believe for it. This is where faith comes in. Faith deals with the unseen. That's why we got to believe we receive it, because we don't see it yet. So faith is the divine energy of God that's contained in his word. These words contain the faith. God has put his divine energy, his own faith, inside these words. And the, the energy in God's word, when you speak it out, it gives substance to what is not seen. All the ingredients are there. And faith gives substance to it. This glass of water. Um, now you can see the water in here, but it's made up of hydrogen and oxygen molecules which are not seen. Okay? The, the molecules are not seen, but when you put them together, it manifests itself in the visible realm. So things that are not seen have produced something that, you, that is visible. Okay? Now, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So words are energy. Words release energy, either faith energy or doubt and unbelief energy. But, but we're, this, we're, what we're focusing on here today is faith energy, faith-filled words, and this faith affects things. Uh, and physics calls that matter. Um, energy has an effect on matter in, in, the, in physics. And here, we're not going to use the word matter. We're just going to say things. So your words are energy, and they are affecting the things in your life. They either change what is seen, or they manifest what is unseen. This is the, the power of the words that you speak, and, and the power in speaking God's word. It will affect the things around you when you put it in your heart, believe it, and speak it out of your mouth. So what you say and believe releases faith. And this is how things obey. This is how things obey you. This is how faith changes things. Um, let's say you put a mug of water in the microwave. And you close the door and you turn it on. Now, microwaves which are not seen, release an energy which is not seen, and it vibrates the molecules in that mug of water. 
and the more those molecules vibrate and the faster they move and the faster they're excited, the warmer that water gets as a result of all those molecules spinning around rapidly. And the faster those molecules are energized and, and sped up, the hotter the water gets. Okay, now that's the way it works. And all of this takes place on the molecular unseen realm, but it will manifest itself in the realm when you take that water out, it's boiling, and you can see it, and it's visible. And it all came from microwaves that you cannot see, okay? So this is how the unseen changes the scene, and it agrees with 2 Corinthians 4.18, which we just read, the things are seen are temporary or subject to change, according to your faith. And this is the same principle as Mark eleven twenty three, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He spoke to that fig tree and he released his words. He released faith words and they affected the roots which were in the unseen realm. The roots were underground. You couldn't see them. That's where the faith went to work. It didn't go to work on the leaves. It didn't go to work on the outside. It went to work on the unseen realm. And it manifested itself the next day in the visible realm when that tree withered up and died. But it didn't start on the leaves. It started on the unseen realm where you cannot see. Now this is why we speak over Ben. And this is why we speak over Kezia. This is why we speak over our tithes and offerings. We're releasing faith energy that's going to work on the molecular, unseen level to change it and, and manifest it into the visible realm. That's what we're doing. We're working on the unseen level. We're working on the molecular level. Things that are not seen. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what you hope for is what you desire. And what you desire is not seen. Okay? It's a possibility, but it's not seen. So what you hope for is not seen. So faith released in God's words and your words give substance to what you desire and bring it into the visible seen realm. That's the way it works. Faith gives substance to what is not or what is not visible and brings it into the physical realm where it's visible. So faith is all about the unseen. The International Christians Bible says, and faith means knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. Faith means knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. The voice translation says, the absolute conviction that there are realities you've never seen. 
Faith is the absolute conviction that there are realities you've never seen. So we're talking about walking by faith, not by sight, not according to what you see, not according to what you feel. We're talking about releasing faith into the unseen realm and changing it. And the good news about this is, if you don't like what you have and you don't like what you see, you can change it. And you can change it with your faith. Amen? That's the good news. This is good news. What Jesus said, according to your faith, that's good news. Let's close our eyes and just focus on the Lord. And let's, let's just say this, pray this together. Father, I can't see you. But I believe that you are real. And you are good. Teach me more how to walk by faith and not by sight. And I will. I don't need to see it. I don't need to feel it. I've got it. Amen. Please, could you say that bit you said about Ben and the molecular level? Well, that's that's why we speak what we speak. Yes. We're declaring, making faith declarations over him. We're working on the molecular level in his body, which is not seen. Which is not seen, but produces the energy. Yeah, that with the the faith. Uh, the faith in our words and the and the faith in God's word, which is the highest, the highest form of energy, uh, the word of God supersedes and overrides anything in this natural realm and will change it because he he's operating uh, at the highest frequency. I understand that. Yeah. I just wondered what you actually said. Yeah, I don't know if I can repeat it, but um, yeah. But, but we're working on the uh, unseen realm yes. to change that yes. and bring it into, yeah, manifest so that it manifests itself, the changes at the unseen realm yes. will manifest themselves in the seen realm. But we're, we're starting in the unseen. Yes. And our words are going where we can't see. Okay? Which is what Jesus did to the fig tree. His words went where you couldn't see. They went to the roots. They were underground, covered up with dirt. Uh, and, and they even walked back past that tree several times and nothing visible had changed about it. But I think it was the third time they walked past it the disciples said, look, Master, the tree that you cursed is withered up. But it didn't start on the leaves. It started in the unseen realm. So faith works in the unseen realm and brings it, manifests it into the visible realm where you can see it. And it changes it. It changes the unseen realm and, and brings it into... Um, agreement with his word in the same realm. Amen. Hallelujah.